This is Christopher Miller, voice of Clone Heist JFK, saying, You are listening to Ben Collins and Luke Piotrowski's Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast, Sync Ratios! <laughs> attempting to create by doing this once more the visual work called evangelion is composed of a variety of device of des- oh i'm sorry i fucked up we're gonna start that <laughs> yes, again. Do it again do it again <clears throat> no keep that it's cute mm-hmm. what are we attempting to create by doing this once more the visual work called evangelion is composed of a variety of desires the desire to put our own honest feelings on film the desire to convey to as many people as possible the fundamental appeal of touching primitive emotions and how versatile the medium of animation is in its expression and images that it is capable of realizing. The desire to take the exhausted animation of Japan and carry it into the future. The desire to shatter the spreading sense of helplessness. The desire to carry on the strength of spirit that lives on in the real world. The desire to realize these desires once again. And it turned out that the best way for us to do that right now is to redo Evangelion for the theater. I do think, why revive a title that is 10 years old now? I also feel that Ava is already already old. But in these 12 years, there has been no newer anime than Ava. In this closed, stagnant modern era, I think what is important is not to have a technical discussion, but to state one's aspirations. The teens and tweens are supposed to be the primary demographic supporting animation, but as they lose interest... I feel that there needs to be a work of animation targeted towards them. I want to be of use in some small way to the current state of animation, and that hardened my resolve to revisit this title. As a visual producer, I am setting out to construct a modern version of the world of Evangelion with a reference with a refreshed frame of mind. In order to do that, instead of staying with, with Gynox, I have established a new production company and production studio to go back to the basics and get a fresh start. It is so that we may be free of the past, refrain from taking advantage of the present, and aim for a future with progress. As fortune would have it, we are beginning to gather a wonderful roster of staff members, from those who worked on the old project to new people who are just joining us now. There's a growing sense that we are creating something that will surpass the old. Ava is a story of repetition. It is a story where our protagonist faces the same situation many times over and determinedly picks himself back up again. It is a story of the will to move forward, even if only a little. It is a story of the resolve to want to be together, even though it is frightening to have contact with others and to endure ambiguous loneliness. I would be most gratified if you find enjoyment in these four parts, as it takes the same story and metamorphoses into something different. Finally, our work also falls under the service industry. Naturally, we will make it accessible to those who do not already know Evangelion. We will condense the fun as a theatrical film, and we will reconstruct the world and aim to create a work of visual entertainment that can be enjoyed by all. Original story, screenplay, chief director, Hideaki Anno, September 28th, 2006, on a clear day in Kamakura. Uh, All right. Yeah. So that was, this is Sync Ratios, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, an even, Neon Genesis Evangelion podcast, or a rebuild, a rebuild of Evangelion podcast now. It is now, yeah. Rebrand. As of today. 
Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Luke Piotrowski. Uh, I'm I'm one of the other hosts, uh, Ben Collins, and, and joining back, us back again, back again, like the Backstreet Boys, <laughs> uh, Kevin Phillips. Hey guys, <laughs> good good to have you, man. Yeah. So that was I don't know if you remember this, but when the rebuild movies were first announced in 2007, there was like two posters that came out. One was the image in this book that you just showed me, Kevin, of the uh, cast sitting on the stairs on the steps. You know what I'm talking about? The image of like, yeah, Ray and Shinji and uh, Toji and Kensuke and Mari. I think. All the gang. No, not Mari, Hikari. <laughs> um, yeah, the whole gang sitting on those steps. And then the other poster was this like statement of text. Like mm-hmm. it was just yeah. w- black background with white text and then like a red logo at the bottom. And what I just read and fucked up a couple times, but was that's the translation of that text. So there was like this manifesto, like <laughs> fucking like biblical uh, thing like, that was posted around movie theaters. Um, and it was basically the statement of intent of what, what the rebuild movies were supposed to be. Uh, so you notice that he said that there were four. Uh-huh. Um, and we can, we can get into all that. But the idea at the time was that three and four would be released together as a single movie. Really? Yeah. And they were all <laughs> supposed happen. to they were all supposed to come out like a year apart from each other, yeah, right? Yeah. I have I pulled up a little timeline. I was looking up this, this shit today. As a reference, uh, Kevin and I graduated college that year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I remember I'm a thirty six year old man now. <laughs> do you have memories of this poster? Yep. I do too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I actually bought one. I bought when I, my first trip to Japan before my child was born, <laughs> like, who, who is now in sixth grade, uh, 12 years old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so on my first trip to Japan, I bought a little mini one of those posters. So I have one somewhere and the other one too. Um, but yeah, the release schedule, the rebuild films, first film, it was supposed to be summer 2007, got pushed to fall. Okay, that's not that big a deal. Second film was supposed to be 2008, got pushed to summer 2009. The third movie <laughs> was supposed to come out in the summer of 2008, the last two movies together. Third one didn't come out until 2012. Uh-huh. Now here we are, 2021, January 23rd, 2021 is when the fourth one's finally going to come out. Supposedly. Yeah. So they talk a lot in the stuff that I was looking up that it was like, well, Evangelion's 12 years old now, and here we are making this rebuild movie. Now it's 12 years since this movie that we're going to talk about today just came out. So the time between Evangelion and the first rebuild movie is now the same as from the first rebuild movie to the last rebuild movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, when you think about it that way. No, I mean, just like all the stuff, because like when I think back to that, it's like, I think most of us were still on MySpace. Facebook was a fairly new thing because that was right was at the really? end of college. Oh my god! So this is like, I mean, you know, like pre-Twitter, pre-Instagram. Like the internet was a totally different place. I mean, the world was. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like, yeah, that was this fucking before like Obama got elected. You know, like it's like think about how different things were at yeah. that point when he made that announcement. I'd have to make reference to all, all of Obama's presidency. Yeah. <laughs> And all of Trump. Yeah. It's like, that's wild. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just, like, scrapped the fourth one and just, you know, came back with another manifesto being, like, 12 <laughs> years later. <laughs> you know, again. this is a story about repetition. And so here we are, <laughs> repeating the process all over again. I mean, it makes you wonder, though. I mean, and there's probably no way we'll ever know because it, it like, 
Well, I don't know. Maybe we will. But like, to what degree was the plan? Like you say that because it's like, I mean, who knows if they've how many times has he reworked what the fourth movie would be? Do you think? I mean, there's no way to know because we don't even know what the fuck happens in that thing yet. No, I actually have a pretty interesting statement um, about that, though, from Kazuya Suramaki, who directed this movie. The first um, one. Yes. Um, yeah, so the movie we're talking about tonight, and, and I think Masayuki as well, who's a storyboard artist from the original. We talk mm-hmm. a lot about Kazuya Suramaki. We've mentioned Masayuki, single name, uh, a few times. Uh, yeah, both directed on the show. And obviously, Anna wrote the screenplay and is the general director of the whole franchise. But, yeah. <laughs> but in talking about this, I mean, there's so much to talk about in terms of what this is. Because it's very different from the the next two movies. Yeah. So so everyone bear with us. I mean, I guess it, it's it's worth saying that if 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 you haven't watched the original series and the subsequent, you know, Into Evangelion, mm-hmm. you know, movie, like I, you know, this this will contain spoilers for that. We're gonna avoid talking about the future uh, uh, rebuild movies or theatrical, whatever we're calling them now as much as possible but so so just you know heads up for that yeah i mean and we're gonna be all over the place probably i think most people listening to this have seen or are familiar with i don't I'm, yeah we'll try to not explicitly spoil anything that the events of the next movies yeah, yeah, yeah. but at the same time you know May, <laughs> we'll see <laughs> it's a unique thing to discuss this is a really it's we're gonna t- in and we can talk about other depending on your definition of spoiler you know yeah honestly, but at this it's point. it's you know what is a retelling but i just i just wanted to yeah, say yeah like th- that the basic thing obviously is that this movie is pretty much a remake of the first six episodes of the show uh and that was always the plan was to have this be kind of a beat for beat re reworking of that but the plan apparently always was to start to differentiate from that point um, so I found an article, a new type article, uh, that talked to Kazuyo Suramaki and while Suramaki freely admits that the first of the four film installments, uh, will run like a digest of the TV series, employing key scenes to bring viewers up to speed on the basic story and setting. No one is very willing to speculate on the content of the second, third, or final films. Obviously this article came out when the first movie came out. <laughs> Frankly, it got just too chaotic, Saramaki comments on the brainstorming sessions that were initially meant to provide an overall plot outline and final resolution to the story. We're all working from the assumption that we weren't able to reach our destination with the original TV series, but the exact nature of that destination is still unclear to everyone on the staff. Since we're going to all, all going to the trouble of making these new productions, we'd at least like to take the story as far as we took it back then, but it's been an uphill struggle so far. I get the feeling this project is going to be a very unstable project in a lot of ways. <laughs> unstable, maybe, but brilliant almost certainly. We've come to expect nothing less from Evangelion. So right there, before they even made this movie, they were already like, we're trying to brainstorm. We have no idea what's going to happen. It's <laughs> so crazy. I, I have to go back and mention that I, I love that in that uh, initial Anno statement, and, and then imagining it like being on posters in movie theaters in Japan, that like he... Like I mean, Martin he basically Luther. like throws the rest of anime. I mean, he's he's fond of doing this. But he, he does a lot. He says like I mean, like so like on the poster, just basically being like, yeah, well, there hasn't been an anime as good as this since. So I right. figured it was like I just, anime you know. is stagnating. So I guess I'm gonna come off the farm, yeah. get back to work. What's yeah, funny? I'm thinking I'm back. It's yeah. funny that that statement that they they basically are uns- they are like unsatisfied with the series. That's really interesting. 
It's right? like starting from the assumption yeah. that they did not accomplish what they intended to or what the goals were, or whatever, however he phrased it. Yeah, and he there was I saw a little bit of stuff like that, like a little George Lucasy kind of like exactly. well we didn't and we know they didn't have money and they didn't have time. Obviously the last episode is not the you know, the last two episodes are not what they set out to do. No matter how artistically, mm-hmm. you know, fulfilling or clever or interesting they may be. They didn't sit down and be like, and then we're just going to not have any budget for animation for the last two episodes. <laughs> like, that wasn't what they wanted to do. Uh, and then they made End of Evangelion, but even then. And I also read stuff that, you know, everybody was very exhausted at the end. The second half God. of the series, they were so stressed and exhausted. And obviously that comes through in the work. But they were, you know, excited at the beginning of this process of, you know, a bunch of people, a lot of the same team. And then some young people that had you know, watched Evangelion and mm-hmm. then wanted to be involved, you know, got into animation through that, were involved as well. But that it was like a, you know, like a big excite. Everybody was buzzing with excitement and energized. But you have to wonder at this point, <laughs> if it's not, is it not the exact same thing where it's like, yeah. you've got to be fucking exhausted at this point. I mean, we know that Anno freaked out and like dropped it for a while, went to do Shin Godzilla, had a big depression. And we know that Miyazaki had to like, here, come do the voice for my movie. Like, be the yeah. be the actor in Wind Rises, and like, don't be so depressed. Get, <laughs> like, get your get your mojo back. Yeah, exactly. Come come back to daddy. So it's you been. I'll, I'll you know this give process you a hasn't purpose. been easy either. <laughs> so. But that's kind of. I mean, isn't that kind of how every like production goes? I mean, I know animation production is different than live action production. But Kevin, don't don't you feel like no matter what you put in, what you've learned previously, you're gonna kind of hit that exhaustion point. I mean, it's just the nature of work. I, I think, think absolutely, and it's really interesting how it just it, it, like it, your life naturally integrates to the project that you're working on as well. Yeah. So it's so funny looking at this and like looking at the actual creative process behind this entire series, and it's hard to like kind of separate Anno and his team from the actual narrative of the show in a way. It starts to feel unified, like like almost like for it to work, you like you kind of have to. I mean, it's like somebody or some amount of people have to be sort of caught up in it for it to work. Like, I don't, I don't know that there's like a remove, like a safe distance to do Evangelion from. Like, it's kind right. of hard to think of in that way, <laughs> right? You know, well, well you wouldn't want it. I don't know, like, because then it wouldn't be Evangelion if it well, wasn't a little bit dangerous. It reminds me. It's weird. This is a weird comparison to make, but I'm fond of doing those, as you guys know. But it, like, it, I was as you were talking there, I was thinking about uh, like the Beach Boys Smile album. Kevin, I feel like you you you're sure into that. Like that was like a weird thing, you know, where like Brian Wilson was like trying to make this album and then did go crazy and kind of like <laughs> never finished it fully. Right. Like there were different cuz he recorded so much that like there were sort of like kind of half imagined albums that sort of were released with the different songs and then it wasn't until he was like you know, I don't know, whatever the hell, medicated and old and whatever that he like, now I'm going to do it for real, but it lacks any emotion. And it's like weird because it's like an old man singing teenager songs, which is interesting. And it's not like I hate it or anything, but it's like, that's what it feels like when you do the thing without the urgency, because Mm -hmm. like Brian Wilson went crazy, you know, doing that. And that's, you know, why it was so good, quote unquote, or whatever. And I think it's like kind of similar that like, you know, when these came out, you could have because this is actually funny, the funny timing. I think the Smile album did officially was released like right the year before 
this movie came out. Wasn't uh, it Smiley Smile? Well, Smiley Smile was one of the sort of pseudo Smile albums mm. that he did initially. Ah. And then when we were in college, I remember Smile came out. That's right. They I have a very vivid yeah, memory yeah. of going to Barnes & Noble in Savannah, Georgia and buying it and listening to it in my car. I believe in a Hardee's parking lot eating a burger. Um, but like uh, a thick burger? Yeah, it was. It was very good. Those were my favorite back in the day. The grossest like, ad campaign is Hardee's. Oh, gross, but delicious. Just but I remember listening to that and being like Patty's yeah. plopping down on a just juicy piles of ketchup, just wet and like Oh yeah. The wettest burger. Just even the name thick burger. Just well, Didn't was... they did they have what what is it? What is the <laughs> thing where the girl's washing a car with a hamburger? Is oh, that, a... that that was yeah. I think it was Carl's Jr., but it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. it was all the sexy girls eating burgers. Oh, like gross! Paris Hilton was in one or something. No. Yeah, all of that to say <laughs> that like that like I think when these came out, there was a sort of hesitation. I think uh, among a lot of us that this was going to basically be the Smile album version of Evangelion. You know that it would just be sort of a, like it's here's the Evangelion yeah, for the it's new very, generation. It's and very it's like, different mm. to remember because now we have. I mean, I, I don't know who's seen the next two movies, but now we have the other two movies. I've mm-hmm. seen the other two movies. I mm-hmm. know that the next two movies are totally new content. Yeah. At the time, and we know that this is a thing with anime, you, th- there's a thing where they'll edit the show together. They did it with Gunbuster. They did it with Gurren Logan, They did it with Gundam. Like, like it's, it's a popular thing to like, yeah, make a compilation film. Mm-hmm. We have all the footage. We edit it together. Sometimes, like with Gurren Logan, there's like a new animation to kind of fill out the story, or they'll clean something up a little bit. But it's basically just taking the TV show and editing it into a feature-length film. But it, you know, doesn't really play like a movie because you're cutting out huge swaths of the story. Mm-hmm. And the animation is um, what I was reading is it's usually kind of just blown up to be on mm-hmm. the big screen. And this, you know, it felt like oh, we're we're doing a better version of that, you know, because they're using keyframes of animation. They were very specific of. No, we're not just going to blow it up. We're going to actually get in there and we're totally reworking it and adding all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. But it still was like, so wait, we're just kind of essentially doing a compilation film? It's exciting because it's New Evangelion, but I remember being a little bit dubious just because it was sort yeah. of like, well, is it just going to be the, sh- the show but with missing scenes? Like, right. I, don't, mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know. So I was excited. And the more I saw of it, the more excited I got. But I do remember being a little bit like, hmm. I was hesitant. I remember yeah. when this first yeah. came out. Yeah. I remember I was I was very critical of it, actually. Because I was so precious to the original material. And as much as I had respect for Arno and his team, I remember just thinking, like, oh, it's, it, was, it was already perfect. You know, mm-hmm. it was already perfect. What you, like, why even rework this thing? And then when I started watching it back in the day... I remember I was still critical even then. Like, yeah. about, <laughs> folded arms. You know, I'm like, all oh, the gradients and shit. Like, what the fuck, uh-huh. you know? But like rewatching it this time around, because yeah. I think it's been a couple of occasions now that I've seen it. But yeah, this I was gonna time say, around, how many times have you seen it? Maybe. I mean, I've I've owned it for a bit, but maybe like four okay. or so. But watching it this time around was like a distinctly different feeling for me. I had more appreciation for it. I've, I mean, I I I remember. I believe the first time I saw it was at your home in Mm -hmm. georgia luke and and Mm -hmm. being my reaction the positive reactions were the same but they're heightened now but like appreciating you know the new animation for the the angels especially the you know the last one is like really Mm -hmm. the the standout and i remember being like okay yeah it is mostly the same stuff but it does look cool and that shit looks amazing and being like really in this time really appreciating the the degree to which they're really 
going for it, you know, in terms of I do of think, like, and yeah, I think it's hard to deny that the, the Operation Yashima, the Romeo, like, once Romeo shows up, then it's really, we're off to the races. Yeah. Like, okay, here's what we're doing. Right. Whereas the, the beginning, it's sort of, and I still to this day, I mean, after I saw the second one as well, I, I do kind of have the feeling of like, I do wish that this one was just different too because i watch the show and i rewatch the show mm-hmm. and i watch the rebuild movies and i'll rewatch the rebuild movies and i'll continue to do both for the rest of my life so it is a bummer that there's six episodes of the show yeah. there's narrative content that i have to watch both times yes. you know, you yeah. know what yeah, i mean yeah. like it'd be one thing if i got to watch like you know this star wars prequels and star wars trilogy and star wars and it's like well it's every time it's you know that's those three movies and they're very different, but it's like, well, what if you always had to watch A New Hope, <laughs> whether you yeah, were watching yeah. <laughs> like the prequels or the, or the sequels? It's, it's sort of like the, the the pearl necklace in the Batman movies. It's like every right. single Batman <laughs> movie has to have his parents get right. killed, and there's always the dr- and you're like you're like God, yeah, okay, but that's literally how like, many times is Toji gonna punch him? Yeah, it's like that's like that's like ninety seconds of screen time compared to a hundred minutes of a movie, which again, it's like no one here is complaining, but it is like yeah, that's just seemingly like it's a just requisite weird. Thing. I just yeah. kind of wish. It was different, you know, yeah, from I, the start. I hear that. And I walked away, though, like, actually, while watching it, like, around the middle of this movie, I had the feeling that this is fucking rad. And I would gladly, if I, if I needed to watch the beginning of Evangelion again, in a way, like, up to, the, you know, this, mm-hmm. a, this angel that it ends with, essentially, I would just as soon watch this because I really, really lo- yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was really enjoying it this time around. What's good is really good. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to again. It's just so weird. Um, There's definitely things I'm missing. Yeah, because it's just like it's some of it's better, but then it's missing stuff. So it's like I would gladly watch, you know, like a totally redone thing that that had everything more or less. Sure. Or or if all the rebuild movies were. Okay, the next one, like Rebuild Two, was just the next six episodes, right? And it's the next, six, and That's we kind of have, and which, I, uh, yeah, I kind of expected it was more or less gonna be. In two, in two kind of starts off that way. The it second does, one yeah. is, is like for part of it, you're like, okay, yeah, 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 and then, and then it, you know, the ending, but you're it's like, even more new than the Romeo battle. I, mean, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything, but yes. I mean, <laughs> we're all, we're all like, you know, geeking out over this Romeo battle, but like the, the Sahakwil battle in the second one is like, holy shit. See, it's been. I think the second one's the oh one I've probably God. seen the least. Yeah, because I've watched this one, and then I, I tend to put the third one on quite a bit. Yeah. Oh. When I watch, oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to dive into the third one yet. Yeah. But I, all, I, all I will say <laughs> is that when I first watched that third one, it was. I like was a, with you. It was like a fucking dream. Yeah. Oh, it, it, absolutely. It was the most surreal like viewing experience. I could not parse it from any sense of like what to expect or what to anticipate at all. Like it was. A complete, completely like you know, floored me. I, I was, I remember being at your your old apartment and watching it during the day. And for right, some reason, that was right. crucial. It was like a Sunday afternoon that we yeah. watched it, <laughs> and and something about like ending the movie and just being in in L.A. in the sun. It was, it was like first couple of years we were living here or whatever, and like just it just felt like the world had turned upside down. Like it felt like I was in a dream I couldn't escape from. <laughs> right. It was it like the, the feeling of oddity after watching that third movie stuck with me for probably like six hours. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you haven't seen it and you felt like pretty comfortable with this movie because it's like, yeah, I know this is all familiar material. It, don't worry. Uh, Evangelion, do, you know, Evangelion is going to Evangelion. 
and it does oh, yeah. all over the place. Oh yeah, and <laughs> it's and it's so pleasing. I get, I'm curious, like, and I don't know if we're, how well we're going to structure this, so I'm just sort of throwing stuff out there. But like, I actually was found myself wondering while watching this, and I'd be curious. I'm sure there's somebody that exists that can weigh in on it, but like, what would it be like if you watched this first? Like if this, uh, was, if this was people do. I mean, that was the thing. The I mean, he, he says in the thing is yeah. like, well, it's supposed to. You know, if you don't, if you're not familiar with Ava, you're supposed to do it. And I, and I read a lot of stuff specifically for this movie where they're like, well, we took a lot, all, all of the like purposeful obfuscation of like these difficult terms that were thrown at you and stuff. We're gonna that worked well 12 years ago, but we're gonna strip that away and make it much more clear. No, they're they're and, much more upfront. They kind of do. And I don't want to spoil the second movie, but they very quickly like throw that shit right out the window. <laughs> well, yeah, any any simplification that was that was possible in this one, it, like again, that's why I say like because I, I wonder faster. if the mark was shifting how much because it's like you can see what they're trying to do here, and then yeah, almost immediately they're like yeah 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 that was simpler to get you to this point. Now we're just going to give you even crazier shit that's even yeah. more incomprehensible. It does it does feel because obviously you know I was not a screenwriter at all when this movie came out. But was wanting to be and was interested in in that. Um, so obviously, having watched the series, spent a great deal of time thinking like, how would you make that into a movie? If they, you know, if they made a live action movie, what would it be like? And how would you tell the story? How would you adapt the story? What would you lose? What would you emphasize? And I remember reading the early chapters of the manga and feeling, like, okay, this seems like a smart adaptation. But then. Seeing this movie feels like okay, yeah. If, if Hollywood did do a movie, like we haven't, I don't know how much we talked about that. We, those weird rumors when yeah, like we talk about some. when Weta had the mm-hmm. rights and they did all those weird designs for the live action movie, supposedly. Yeah, they're up. They're probably still apart somewhere. Because ADV had the rights and they were gonna sell it, and yeah, there was stuff where like they changed Oscar's name to Rose, I think. Yeah. I think so. And Ray, Ray was uh, like uh, westernized as like Ray from Ghostbusters. Ray R A Y. Oh God. Uh, anyway, but Sh- you're watching Shinju, this Shinju movie. Was named Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, get in, the, get in the Ava. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm making me laugh now. But yeah, watching this sort of feels like okay. This is kind of a smart adaptation mm-hmm. of like kind of how to cram it all in there. But yeah, then it, it just it, quickly goes off the rails because so it moves fucking fast. Though. It moves so no, fast. I, that's one thing I really respected about watching it because I mean, I spoke when I was guesting on a couple of these episodes with you guys when you were doing the series. I often spoke about like how like tantalizing the and the editing is right, mm-hmm. and just like the filmmaking yeah. in general and the storytelling through the editing, right, and yes. how animation is like the perfect like medium for this type of story for, for every reason, but because they can create such crystalline images that allow them to do like hyper edits at like such a clip. That way the audience is be, is able to interpret the imagery that much more clear because everything is so precise. Mm-hmm. Right. And so watching it like this, it moves at like a machine gun pace, <laughs> you know, and, but yeah. yet still, it, it's still staying true to the style of the show. Yep. But Yet I don't know. It's 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 just faster. Yet still, yeah. you know, it's it will be. It so eliminates if you had a lot no... of the breathing room. It's yes. like they 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 build it in, and it has kind of these like I think it fade. There's fade outs and stuff like that. Like they're trying to like not have it just be like a full on assault on your senses the whole time. But that I mean, like you pointed out, Luke, that like yeah, the show does open the same way, but a pilot for a TV show 
kind of you expect it to sort of throw you in and then slow down and, and catch you up and then, right. which, which is what the show does but like with the movie like imagining just that's why I say like if you had never seen this before or you just like <laughs> sit down in the movie like imagine if a Transformers movie started this fast mm -hmm. you know that's just like cause it's I think exciting man it's like, so cool and yeah. it's a bold it's a it super cool that they don't I you, you know, we don't have like 30 minutes of Shinji I, I am hanging out just being sad beforehand. I, I brought this up when they when we watched the show, but I am a little just confused. Like, because this is also the first time Gendo and Ritsuko, maybe not maybe not Gendo because he was in Antarctica or maybe he knew about that. But like for the vast majority of these characters like Masato and everybody, this is the first time they've ever seen an angel too. Like they've never right. had an encounter with these things before. This whole, <laughs> like this is the day that they've been fucking waiting for in this city Forever and everybody is pretty lackadaisical about it, which is a little bit weird. And you don't, it, it makes more sense when you're coming from a Japanese point of view, where it's like it's a giant robot show. You fucking get it, yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah. gonna pilot it. Is like okay, and it's almost refreshing to have Shinji be like, you know, like Misato says in this movie. She's like, you don't, you're not really asking any questions. <laughs> like, what's going on? What was that giant thing? And he's like, well, I was, I assumed you wouldn't tell me anyway, so I just didn't bother to ask. So it's like kind of funny, and the trope exists in Japan in a way that it still mm -hmm. doesn't quite exist here. But it, it just kind of throws me every time that. Yeah, nobody's like excited, like, holy shit, the angels, they are real. Like, we've yeah. been waiting 14 years for these things to come back after the second impact, and like, they're finally fucking here. We can bring the robot out. You know? Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's like, weird. Yeah, the, it's a I little weird. If you, were, if, if you did do a live action, you know, English language, like American movie, I think you probably, all that type of shit would have to go in there to even. Like, yeah, there would have had to have been like, like, Satchel had attacked before. And they were like, maybe it was like kept secret by the government, but like people sort of knew that there was a thing that happened in Tokyo 3, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like they fought at least one before and that's where Ray got injured. You know, like, like it's, yeah. it's that's there's what, that's something what it a little be. wonky about how quickly the, the, yeah, because this is like, it seems like the world is established, but it's really the first, this is the first time an angel's been seen in forever. Now, can I buy, Although, can I be naive though? Because yeah. this starts off with you know blood red seas kind yeah, of yep. talk about that right like it starts off very similar to the end of evangelion right and mm -hmm. you see like much of tokyo 3 similar seemingly tokyo 3 like demolished right mm -hmm. and you see like this outline this like chalk white outline yeah. of a figure like a giant mm -hmm. body um and so i'm trying to recall or or, or put in put into mind like what exactly this is that i'm looking at in, <laughs> sure. with the narrative sure. of the show uh-huh um because ray was you were speaking of ray she was injured in the when, when her unit oo like, couldn't goes calibrate berserk. yes yeah. exactly yeah. we yeah. get that okay. flashback both in the show and in this movie so what the fuck was this in the beginning then can you remind me or the the chalk outline okay so this is this is big now i'm looking at your face here and i'm seeing your smile yeah, this, this is, is big <laughs> rumor mill kind of big concept stuff that we're talking yeah about, because right? i mean because the, the short answer is what is that chalk outline i don't fucking know and yeah, i don't and i don't no think does, really. i don't think anybody else knows either i mean listeners can correct me if i'm wrong i didn't do a deep dive on matt specifically but I, as far as i know we don't know what the fuck that well thing is. I, we it, at some point we're gonna have to do like we we will go back and look at all of those like theory things about yeah what the kind of unified theory of Evangelion is as it pertains to these because it I mean should we just should we just put it yeah out we now? can I mean I I'm realizing like I guess everybody listening to this knows but 
at this point in the podcast, we're going to be going through the the three, well, four rebuild movies. Four doesn't come out until January in Japan, so we don't we mm-hmm. still don't know exactly when we're going to be getting it here. But if you don't years. know, for some reason, <laughs> after the end of the series, yeah. they did these theatrical rebuild films. We read to you Anno's sort of reason for doing it, but it, the idea was to kind of remake and retell the story of the show, or at least start to and then branch off into this to this new version. And we're talking about the first movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> Evangelion 1.0. The version we watched was the Funimation Blu-ray release. So the home video release was Evangelion 1.11 because they made a bunch of like fixes and tweaks to certain things, misspelled English words in the background, correcting oh, some effects. I think it's actually three minutes longer uh, of a little bit of content that was cut out from before. Uh, you Are Not Alone being the subtitle of the thing, not in parentheses. Mm-hmm. So all that shit that we kind of like didn't really get out of the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. written by Ano, directed by Masayuki, and uh, uh, what's his name? Suramaki uh, came out in 2007, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, so what are these movies? There is this. There is a theory yeah, yeah. that you were about to try and talk about. And we won't talk about how this relates to narrative content or images or anything from the next two movies until we get there. But yeah. I think there's enough in this movie to bring it up. So yeah. Yeah, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm not super well versed, but I think, you know, th- this is a podcast about Evangelion and a podcast about us talking about things that we don't fully know about and learning about them to talk about them later more educated and this is no exception (laughs) the idea being that somehow it's like a sort of Nietzschean eternal recurrence narrative that repeats itself given that the end of the show was this you know apocalyptic like rebirth for humanity kind of concept the human instrumentality thing that somehow that reestablished world leads it's a it's a reset the world again. scenario yes. yeah there are there are there's another very pet narrative of mine that has a cyclical narrative that i won't say anything about because it's I, not I'd what this there's is about two of them now <laughs> yeah maybe there's a couple uh, oh yeah okay yeah. but i don't want to say what those things are know, because we yeah we don't want to spoil other things we, on we, this maybe podcast. we will eventually but 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 that this is a new iteration and that that Right, so it's so it's not so much a remake as it is in some ways a, continuation. a, a stealth sequel mm-hmm. of like we saw one cycle uh, in and uh, the movies in End of Evangelion, and what we are now seeing with the rebuilds is oh is this the next cycle where the blood red mm-hmm. seas from the LCL at the end of Evangelion have carried over into this new world? You know, did did the people come out of the LCL? The people who could remember their shape, did they return? And this is their Earth. And this is their story, and the same, the same events are going to repeat, but slightly differently this time. Which, I mean, if that's the case, and I don't, I mean, this is just like the dumbest speculation because there's nothing to even really grab onto here. But like, it like does that mean that Shinji was born again and lived his whole life up to this point, or is this the kind of thing where effectively he's just, it's like the world just starts, you know, sort of like. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, what's the what's the dra- dramatic term for that? Like coming into the medius rest. Mise en scene. No, it, it, it's that's mise en. What do you know what it is? Mise en scene's without sound, isn't it? No, no, no. Okay. That's, no, that's a, you're, you're referencing <laughs> the film the film school joke of what MOS is. MOS uh, is miss out sound because it's go. the German thing. <laughs> mise en scene is the en-sain. French term that like has is like hard to define, but it's like the. 
God damn it. It's like all the elements dramatically in, in the moment or something. Mm, mm-hmm. But but medius res, is that not what it is? Yes. Maybe yeah. that's it. Yes. Yeah. It's like in medius res. Just basically the world. Everybody got to look dumb for a minute there. Yeah, yeah. No, but everybody <laughs> got to. We, some people at home got to yell at us. Yeah. Uh, that's my favorite thing to do with podcasts when people get things wrong. Be like, medius res, you fucking idiots. Like, yeah. yeah. But like, did this basically, <laughs> did Shinji's decision at the end of the thing effectively start them here? Mm-hmm. And 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 so what? The, which would account for why the sort of detri- like the debris and stuff from the previous thing yeah. Let's there. I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe I mean, we should just dump dump out the the mystery box here and like line up the pieces of what in this movie and outside of the narrative of the movies suggests this theory. Right. Okay. So we have the Red Seas. Uh huh. The LCL in this movie is red, whereas in the show and in Evangelion it was much more orange. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. But like we got we got the Red Seas and lots of destruction. You could say from Second Impact, and you do see that the angels in this one always fucking explode and rain down red blood. So mm-hmm. is it like these are like kind of maybe Second Impacts and the big Second Impact stained the oceans red? So th- I mean. That doesn't necessarily have to be it, but let me let me kind of pr- proceed mm-hmm. with the the assembling the evidence. Okay, so we got red oceans. That's different. We got this chalk outline of what appears to be a giant body. Okay, that that wasn't there. Is that from something from the from the previous iteration? Um, we have most tellingly in the movie, Kaoru appearing on the moon at the end, right. yes, and saying, you know, this something time. about meaning the third. Does he say this time I'll make you happy? Something like that. He references something third about third child again. Again, third child yeah. again. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, looking or... forward to seeing you. I think he says he's he's, but he speaks to. He says like I'm looking forward to seeing you, Shinji Akari, or something like. Yes. There's a familiarity he's, to his he statement. He acts implies... like he knows who Shinji yes. is and he's met him before, and it's like I'm gonna meet you again. But yes. obviously Shinji is not. And the moon. He's again. on the moon, and the moon is stained red as the well. The moon has a big splash of blood from and going across it. Presumably. Which you do see when her neck yes, splits exactly. open, yeah. it sprays on the moon. Uh-huh. So we do see evidence of all of that stuff. <gasps> we also have the statement that I just read from Anno, yes. where he says, Evangelion is a story that repeats. Yes, yes. And when that, I, my eyes lit up when you were reading that, I was like, ha And we do, smoking gun. we do know <laughs> that the fourth movie is not called Evangelion 4.0. It's called Evangelion 1.0 plus 3.0. And... <laughs> There's a symbol, a musical symbol that is used in the logo that is a symbol that means to repeat or replay. Okay. So, I don't know. It was it was a really strong thing, and it, and it sort of became like, I don't know, like when, when X-Files was new, and it was like you had the Mulder and Scully shippers. Uh-huh. Uh, and like that was the first time I ever heard the word ship and shippers and like what that sure, was. Sure, sure. Um, but you had the two camps of the people that were like, I think Mulder and Scully should be platonic. And I think Mulder and Scully should get together. I want them to be romantic. And mm-hmm. you had like these two camps. I did notice, especially after this movie came out, and then a little bit with the second movie, I haven't really checked up on it. But in the Evangelion community, there definitely was like the the cyclical. I don't remember what the, what the uh, you know like the rebirthers or whatever uh-huh. it was yeah, that they were yeah. called. There was a name that was dis- like used disparagingly by one half of the fandom, you know, against the other half of like the people who believed that it was a sequel. And the people who believe that it was not. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's of course a bit there of a divide. Be. And I don't remember having an opinion about it, really. But now, 
having just watched this in the particularly the Calvary stuff at the end, I mean, I, I'm just fully on board. I think yeah. I, I don't. I'm not really sure there's another way to interpret right. that because no. because Calvary was always, you know, I mean, like his appearance was always mysterious, and that's like it almost like this what we see here almost like almost makes up for that in a certain kind of sense. Because like he, <laughs> why he was so abruptly introduced yeah, and, and, and so important in the in the show. Yeah, and the, and that he and that he was the only one that seemed. I don't know that that he's sort of. I mean, we I think we've referenced him like Dawn from uh, Buffy, right? As well, that like there's a certain kind of sense of like his arrival is both expected and normal, but also surprising. But it's like. When you I do see like the idea of, of Kauru be, being the guy. Like if this has happened. I remember a story a long time ago that, that you read of like, mm-hmm. you know, the, where there was a character where time kept resetting, but there was one character that it didn't reset for. Yeah. So they were just fucking crazy because they had to keep, you know, groundhog mm-hmm. daying this thing. Um, and so obviously I'm attracted to that idea. So the idea of Karu just being the guy, it's like every time it's not new to him, but like every, he has to meet everybody for the first time. And that's why he has no time for anybody but Shinji because yeah. he's interested in him, but everybody else is kind of like, yeah, whatever. Well, I mean, because even like he's talking to the the fucking the sound only like the Sele yeah Zela and and, and and I don't know what that suggests there if 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 I mean presumably they you know were reset like anybody else so they think they're talking to man <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean that here's some other knows. shit I gotta tell you guys about oh really yeah so we brought this up on the last episode you and I Ben. Uh-huh. Because we talked about Ikuto Yamashita's uh, bizarre werewolf people, yes, warring governments, alternate ending pitch for Evangelion, and I said that he he's the mecha designer, by the way, and he and redesigned he's on this as well. He did he did mecha designs on this. He he redesigned all the weaponry. You probably noticed the progressive knife looks different. I was about to say all of that shit is the real highlight of the yeah. And the stuff. show they pushed a lot more for Anna wanted it to be like well, the Evangelion just used like people weapons but blown up to be big yes and this time it was like i don't know, just make it different <laughs> it's mm-hmm. an interview with the with with the designer and he was like yeah i'll just just make it different so you see like the big sniper rifle doesn't really look like a normal sniper rifle it looks mm-hmm. more mechanical the progressive knives redesigned all that he also redesigned i believe the nerve and zela logos which i don't mm-hmm. like them so much in this movie i think they're too busy but the leaf design I'm with you. Yeah, because it's yeah. like the apples on there, and it's like the it's it's getting a little too on the nose in terms like the the fig leaf is just evocative enough mm-hmm. and suggestive of like an Adam and Eve and sin and stuff. Once you have an apple and a snake incorporated into the logos on top of all the other shit, it's just like so busy. There's also the strange like chalk outline kind of graphic on the back of the Zele uh, or uh, like um, yes. sound only boxes. Yes. Oh, you yeah. that? It's like this weird kind of checkerboard yeah. type of or chessboard, I guess, type of like thing. It's like three bo- like blocks. You have to look closer at that. Yeah, thing. I noticed that too. Mm-hmm. And then on the monoliths too, like have the Zele logo on there. In addition to the number and sound only, it's just mm-hmm. like eh, too much. Clean that shit out. A lot of stuff. But but yeah, he so he designed all that stuff. But he he wrote these light novels. He designed toys and stuff too, which mm-hmm. is interesting because you know Gynox got its start making model kits, like doing garage model kits of robots from other shows and selling those and doing the conventions. And they got into the you know we talked about this mm-hmm. in, in the show before where they're doing the. the little short animations for the conventions and throwing their own conventions and all that stuff so that they still have ties to like the model kit industry and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's this 
Evangelion Type F armor that was from a PlayStation 2 video game. Um, he made the, a toy of this, and somehow he ended up doing this serialized story called Evangelion Anima in a toy magazine. And uh-huh. they've been compiled into light novels. If you don't know what light novels are, they're lightweight novels based on, you know, like Harui Suzumiya uh-huh. uh, is a series of light novels that was adapted into an anime. So it's like young adult novels, basically. It's the Japanese. But they're not manga. Them. They're like they're, they're not manga. It's okay. it's text. So I have one here. I have. I started reading it because we read that fucking crazy shit about his his ideas, and I was like, well, he wrote this whole series of light novels. There's, three of them have been translated. Uh, I think there's a fourth one coming out. So that you know, this like it's a big novel with all these redesigned Evangelions and stuff, um, including the Type F, which is this bulkier one. But it's a story that is an alternate history as if the instrumentality project at the end of the movie went slightly differently. And uh-huh. it started to happen with Ava unit two instead of unit one. And Shinji stopped it from happening, saved Asuka and everything proceeded. So it takes place after end of Evangelion. If they were able to successfully stop third impact, basically. Interesting. So it's an alternate history thing, and there's all sorts of crazy shit that we could spend a whole episode talking about. And but probably will. What's relevant here is that there is tons of stuff in those novels. Not to spoil them, if you want to read them, because they're they're fun, and I do recommend them for people who could tolerate licensed novels. Uh, and you're a fan of Evangelion, it's definitely worth taking a look at. But there's tons of stuff that suggests, and you know, especially with the Karu character, that it's it is a oh this time the instrumentality project was supposed to happen and it didn't. So now there's, there's a recurrence. There's a huge, lots of hints in these. I'm on the second of the novels right now, but it, it seems really support that. And I believe these novels started around the same time as the first rebuild movie. Like I think the first serialization began like 2007, 2008 thereabouts. So that's another, I think it's even property mm-hmm. that does the same thing. I, I think it is and now I, like I feel like to, for me personally like watching like there's not gonna be any answers but I'm I'm I am now just mostly curious about that like uh, in medias rest concept of like it, you know does it does anything else exist like effectively like it does does the universe just reset at Shinji <laughs> at Shinji starting the joining with nerve like it's like honestly like is that just the the loop? Until he gets it right, is it Groundhog Maybe. Day style, where it's like you have to get it get it right, and then it will continue. What did I mean in the original series? Did Kaoru was was he on like a moon base? Like, did he come from the moon? And also, is that no. Adam at the end of this at the end of this movie? Is yeah, that that's a whole is that Adam that we he's don't know sitting in front of? That is because uh, <laughs> they identify Lilith. They identify Lilith, and the only other creature it's, to it's. Re- possible it's an evangelion without its armor on oh on the moon with car yeah like, and that's unit whatever which six one, or yeah, whatever and also there's a number of coffins on the moon there is a moon. number of coffins yes. and some of them are open and he comes out of one of them yeah so what so, the fuck does that mean? well I mean, wait we should look and see yeah we, are all the ones in front of him open as if you know, is like say, like the, say there's twelve like the, coffins. Is this like the eighth iteration right. of this? And like each, there's, there's like a, there's a set number of like 
Karu coffins and you pop one open like each time you go through the cycle. Yeah, it's like a, like an advent calendar. Right? It's, it's an advent calendar of <laughs> There's a little chocolate beautiful boys in there. But I mean, but we talked about how he's like effectively the um Oh, that's not muted. Oh yeah, the TV. But I like we talked about him being sort of like the male counterpart to to Ray. Well, absolutely. And 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 I don't know that I can't remember we don't ever see because we see all the multiple ray bodies and stuff and that whole thing. But so like it would be in keeping with the, cons- the That's concept, true. That's true. That there could be that there, cycle that or no would cycle be multiple right things, but he does seem to be different. Um and and I think it was, was it the implication or at least what I always grabbed onto in the, when we were watching the show the previous time on, you know, mm-hmm. to do the podcast was that like Ray and Cower were both like raised in some in like weird like lab facility. Yeah, things. you were you were very hot on like Kaji was a secret father or something that yeah. he modeled his yeah. behavior patterns on or something. I don't know. You had some theory. Well, because because it's like the idea at least in that one you know when we don't know and of course I mean there's not really any implication if it is the cycle which I'm choosing to believe whether or not the show is the first time it happened or if that's, right is the show uh, yeah. a middle. You so know. it's like, so to me, if I take the first show as being the whole world existed, the history and everything leading <laughs> yes. up to this. One, two, Are those okay, two? Okay, now. so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. All the ones coffins. behind him are opened. Are they all open? I think so. Yes. The ones to the left were open. There were four that were open. So he's in the fifth one. Mm-hmm. So, so that probably implies either that the show isn't the first thing or that there have been more cycles in between or every video game and manga yeah shinji akari raising project i mean detective shinji all those i mean that would be that would be that would actually like if you if you looked at it that way that would because we commented on this before when you Mm -hmm. told me all about this like x this ancillary stuff where it's like you know it like i mean it's easy to make george lucas you know kind of contrasting comparisons to Anno in terms of like yeah he's the central person here but the the they actual both have work weird is, beards yeah they both have weird beards they both have um you know uh i'm trying to think of another joke that i could make but I, but, they, <laughs> but but they have a lot of people that, that it's like it's not the same thing as like um i don't know just pick any other filmmaker david lynch with twin peaks or something like that i mean because it is with the original twin peaks but like there's a lot of delegation and so like the same way that there was like with the Lucas, you know, universe stuff, it was sort of like, well, like, how do all those games and other things fit in? Like, uh-huh. did, the, did the are the novels canon in that? In that, you know, you Griffin's like, you know, fan, you know, novelly, fictiony type stuff. It's like, well, right. there's like a, how many Star Wars books, and they kind of just sure. threw those under the bus when they started these new movies. But it's like, so in talking about like, please, they're legend, they're designated legends now. Oh, is that true? Yeah, they're that, now the all the all the word. EU, the old EU is designated legend. The reprints of the Timothy Zahn novels will have legends printed on them, so you know it's not Disney canon. Interesting. Yeah, but see, that's but that was like I was like when you talk about like the the werewolves and shit like that, and it's like, well, it's like to what degree is Anno like quality controlling all this extra stuff? Yeah, how much is run but by the him? unifying mm-hmm. theory that would make it all work is if it is that mm-hmm. this is a repeating thing. And so when right. the when, multiverse, you know, like when the, the mech designer comes in, it's like, I got these crazy ideas. And I was like, yeah, let's go write those too. Because like it all works technically, uh-huh. you know, if we, if, if this is the concept, then maybe that all does exist. And it's mm-hmm. funny to say the you know, the pet raising thing or whatever, the like, you know, like the, the goofy versions of the Evangelion universe application could still technically fit un- under that umbrella. If you look at it that way, right. You know, right. I, I don't know. Which is what, yeah. Comic, you know, the DC universe has done that. Like that, that's their way around all that yeah. stuff, you know, and like it's into the spider verse and stuff like that, where it's like, well, how can we kind of just 
have it all. Yeah, and even, even Stephen King, to some extent, does that. You know, his Dark Tower book sort of ties mm-hmm. in. Oh, the stand is is a universe where the world ends because of a disease, but it's also just like one level of this myriad multiverse mm-hmm. of Dark Tower. So, so it can also be part of my magnum opus. Yeah, and Star yeah. Trek Discovery and the Star Trek movies did the same thing right. in terms of like right. It's yeah, it's not you're not being forced to choose. It's all of it. It all works. It's all there. Yeah. yeah okay, we're yeah. looking at this thing, the one of the last shots in the movie where Kauru is standing on the moon in the middle of this blood spray and there's and he's looking at this thing that looks a lot like yeah I mean I, I I could totally buy it being Adam because it's wearing the mask that Lilith yeah. wears in right. the original show Lilith now in the in the rebuild movies wears more of a Sachiel looking mask with you know the bird kind of face mm-hmm. uh, and here we have the purple with the old Zayla logo just the eyes its build it. is different too than it, than Lilith yes. It's like broader shoulders. I mean, one could argue bony. that it appears to be uh, 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 more like of a masculine body frame or something. Yeah, this is like one of the final images of the movie. If you're like trying to figure out what we're talking about, like it's it's yeah, Kauru standing in front of the purple masked Lilith looking thing. Does it look last, like an like, excavation to you? It looks a lot like 2001: A Space Odyssey. It looks like it looks, an excavation. Actually, it looks identical to the ex- yeah, no, because it's the same. Actually, it is the same kind of thing because. The way the it's like dug out where there's like a kind of like a ramp like you can walk into it, which is what the um, when they go to the moon. But it also and looks, find the thing. Yeah, but you know, like there's that ramp when they launch Ava Unit One in the famous like you know launching animation of the guys like standing on the on uh-huh. the walkway, the catwalk. It looks like it could be excavation. It also looks like it could be we're putting armor on the mm-hmm. on the body of the Evangelion. Mm-hmm. So you notice you see the hand of Ava Unit 1 in this one. It's like really white as opposed to gray. It's like a darker mm-hmm. grayish looks, yeah, color yeah. in the show. And it looks much more Lilith-y white. Um, Is it like, a, like an IV drip bag? Looks like it. Looks like there's a giant IV going into its forearm. And a bunch of power like on buttons like on its arms and like, yeah. like, like, like computer power buttons. Like. Yeah, it, <laughs> it looks like, like an it. Xbox uh, button. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that is really funny. And a strange kind of like stitch all the way up its Very torso. stitchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, just in general, I don't want to jump like too, too far ahead, <laughs> but I, I was noticing how much more bondage-y Ava Unit 1's yeah. or Ava, Ava Unit 0's restraints looked. Uh, like it has, you know, Ava Unit Zero goes crazy, and they put the bake light on it in the in the show. Same thing happens here, but it's like now it's like handcuffed. It's like handcuffed has like a muzzle. Kind it has of. it has like a yeah like a like a Hellraisery or like a like a gimp <laughs> mask. I don't know. It has like a yeah like a leather a leather play mask on. Yeah, there's there's definitely like yeah the wrists being bound and, and then like but like they're not only the wrist bound but then like. I think like there's, above its head. Too. There's like <laughs> rope attaching it, so it looks a little bit. What is it called? Shibari. Shibari yeah. yeah, the the Japanese bondage thing. It, and it's just in a much more like sexual pose. Maybe I'm just telling it myself by noticing this, but I think it was a much more sensual form of restraint than before. Yeah, I think it's a, it almost just feels like like I mean, you can sense the second draft quality of of in terms some of some of the design in terms of the design and details, especially. And I think Kevin, you probably caught more of these things i feel like than i did but like there's just a lot of like things where there's like well, a they shot had that's to similar but simplify a lot of stuff in the design because obviously it's much harder to animate something that has more detail so it's like 
take that shit off. Well, the, all the fucking the, we talked about the the mech design stuff. I mean, the number of bolts and rotating, you know, um, sort of like drill bit style like uh, reinforcements into things. Like the, you see things yeah. like unlock and uncoil and do all this different <laughs> oh, yeah. interesting the stuff. The door, the door to central dogma. <laughs> so many coils. The, oh, it's cool. It's I mean, cool. the series yeah. has always been so impressive on its engineering scale, like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and how much attention they put to that. But this this movie particularly, like, really ups it, mm-hmm. and it really yeah. draws attention to like how. I mean, it's just un- it's remarkable how much thought goes into like all of these decisions. Like, yeah. Like all the technology seems to have like uh, I don't know like a. Like, like an instruction manual with it or something, right? Even more so, and I always liked that in the other one, and we talked about that a lot, especially in the early episodes, that, like, it, it feels like part of the, you know, when you think of the genre of, like, giant robots or whatever, like, it's like, it, it seems to be, like, an attempt to, to ground some of the, the tech that would govern those things into, like, a, a, a like like you said, like, something that you could actually break down and understand from an engineering mm-hmm. standpoint. But this is, like... I would say like twice as much. There's so many which, things of stuff which, unlocking and moving, yeah. and it's like things that things that they were which even glossing over. Which is why it irks then. me a little bit, like stuff, like when it repairs its arm, and then it also repairs the purple armor over the arm, right? And it feels like it's magical, right? As opposed to like, well, I can understand that the Evangelion underneath the the restraints, as sure, we find sure. out in the show, could like turn back, but that it like just like paints itself again is like look look i can get on board with it because it is what it is and it's even yelling and it's all fucking cool but i'm always thrown slightly for a loop you're right it seems to defy the logic that of of we we build so much about like the weight and like you're like he's firing the gatling gun and you see like the bullet casings crushing cars and like we have lcl to like shock absorb and stuff so when there are moments like you know Kensuke and Toji just somehow magically getting into the cockpit fast enough while the clock is ticking, as you pointed out, it's Ben. It's such a simple writing trick. Just have them get in before the clock starts. Yeah. If we, were, if we just, were writing this and that note came up, we'd be like, that's yeah, fine. Just, they just get in before the clock starts. I'm always bothered by the fact <laughs> that they get in there. I don't know why, but it's just, yeah, it's so weird that they just kind of jump in. <laughs> yeah. Splash like, around. Yeah, yeah, Doesn't the exactly. LCL come out? Like, no, exactly. And like, does this like actually like kind of fuck with Shinji's like ability know, to like, synchronize? It's like, it's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like a connection with this yeah, thing. Yeah, because like, I think the idea that the LCL is like... Listen, in the, in the anima property. thing, when you have another person in the anima light novels... They have to wear like psychic shielding stuff Absolutely. to be in there, so, yeah. which would make sense. He thought mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, I was thinking. I was just curious what you guys. This is like totally pointless, but it, I, I wrote down a couple random thoughts. I was thinking about it this time when they when Shinji gets in the cockpit again, and you know we we see again the thing where he holds his breath because he thinks that the liquid, mm-hmm. you know, and they explain it, and then he breathes it in. It's always interesting to me that like the way that they do that. The idea that the LCL, I mean, it's supposed to you know sort of be like being in the womb or something like that, but that like it just becomes the new state of normal for you when you're in the thing. So, you, so they effectively show it as colored and then it just it like right. white balances it, like, itself to sort where of like, yeah, magnetizes or yeah, white balances. Is like it's just kind of like, it. it's like, well, that doesn't really affect things. But I'm curious if you did it as a live action thing. And I think Kevin, maybe you have a thought about this. Like how would you, would you bother to have, because he's technically immersed in liquid. Yes. And would they, you they occasionally do the bubbles. 
Yeah, they do, but it's like they kind of they they're they're fine to sort of let that be yes. something that that is a yes. given. And I'm curious if you did do it, would you would you like, would, I'm trying to think of would it would it be weird to not have like some layer of like yeah, I mean, because foggy. I actually really appreciated it in this. Uh, towards the end of the movie, I think it's. Um, I remember the the actual battle. Shinji got like knocked while in Unit One, and it cuts to a quick shot. It's new to the show, it's like, as in it hasn't been in the series. But I don't know if you guys saw this, where he's like blood's like running out of his nose. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. In the liquid yeah. and stuff. It's like little details like that, like the bubbles that they occasionally. Yeah, bring the blood in stuff. is mixing with the LCL. Yeah, it's really those are great details and. I think like the LCL thing. I mean, that's like from the abyss, right? It's like the same. It is kind from of the thing. abyss, yeah. Yeah, it's like like you you want to stay as true to that as possible. I think visually it does create that question, though. Like, yeah, because yeah, like I think it, of what, what my favorite shots. Yeah, in End of Evangelion, when Asuka is fighting the mass production models, and like you can see her like moving around in there. It doesn't look like there's liquid in there. Like no, the way her doesn't. hair flows, it looks like she's on a roller coaster, you know, like locking into place and like right. swooping. And it's so dynamic and cool, but it's like her hair wouldn't have that motion and her body wouldn't be thrown in that way, probably. No, with the, the inertia would be, if there it, was it's liquid. Like, again, if you were underwater, I mean, I, you know, you, you can make all sorts of arguments about the LCL being, you know, having different physical properties or right it's like it's, it's, yeah, it's not exactly be slower water. it'd be like being underwater you're you know like and stuff but it's like i mean they're able to talk <laughs> like i mean yeah. their lungs are full filled with it so it is so. a different thing but yeah i don't know it's just a funny thing to think about like if you did do it would you need to account for that or would that be something right. Cause yeah. you get away with it in animation in a different way i think that like yeah uh, i mean yeah i was showing for these yeah. fucking novels again but they, they do talk a lot he duck he talks a lot yeah. about that in the novels where you are reminded more often that it's circulating. I think Oscar's hair gets like caught in the, in the filter at one point just to cut it off. And like, <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Like it's, it's the LCL is like talked about as a presence. So you think about it a lot more because the yeah, show kind of like once it white balances, they kind of forget that. No, it's totally. Like, Cause it's like, if that was real, it would be like, it would be the most, it's the thing you would like refer. You'd probably like, if this was your job, if we all worked at Nerve and this was our thing, it's like you'd probably have shorthand terms. You're like, well, got to go get in the bath again. You know, it's like you'd probably describe mm-hmm. it as that because that would be the most physical reminder of your of your job that you literally go immerse yourself in a pool of weird liquid. And you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. like a different it's like you, you work has a it's like the, the physical aspects or the physical stressors of a work thing become the way you reference it, I feel like. And it's like they never really talk about it. It's like once it's accepted, they're all just like, yeah, that's fine. And it's like, no, they're just, it's like, that is weird. I don't know. It's right. interesting. Well, the fact that in the show, like, they fucking gather it from the gross, it's the gross excretions of Lilith on the cross. <laughs> and that whole pool of that shit down there, like, that's where it comes from, is it's like <laughs> leaking out of her gross body. Yeah. That's like what you're breathing in. <laughs> bathing in somebody else's bile or something. Yeah. That's disgusting. All right. How are we doing on time? We're all over the place. Oh, we're all over. This is a. This is for. This is strictly for the fans. For, <laughs> this is our only fans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is episode for the only fans. Yeah. This is also, by the way, the first time we've recorded. I think after like six p.m. Yeah. So this is you know. I should be sync home in bed after dark. Yeah, it really sync is. ratios nights. That kind of thing. We're all wearing black. <laughs> we all have tuxedos on. Sync ratios. <laughs> Tokyo three nights. <laughs> Um, we are at we're at an hour, about an hour. I'm wondering if maybe we don't, you know, wrap up 
this episode. Yeah, and we can talk. We can do. If and we want to talk more about it, we can. Listen, we're gonna stay and record the next episode. But I'm just thinking because we have a, a long way to go, and a lot of movies to watch. Maybe you know, content wise, we kind of stop here because we've largely not even really talked about the events of the movie we'd we've been talking about a lot of other shit yep so i don't know maybe what do you what do you think about that like kind of building yeah, a little we break just here call, we'll call this an episode and then uh we'll we'll pick back up yeah and we'll see you guys next week but um, like we can close out this episode because i want to like all right this this theory I don't know you, Ben. You you are you're on board with it. I am now. That, I mean, that I, it's I was a, it's I was a repeating curious, cycle, and I'm I'm always wanting to like at least like you know kick the tires on any kind of crazy fan theory for something I love, you know. And this one, I can't. I went in going like, okay, let's see, and then getting to that fucking the coward stuff. I'm like, especially going back and looking at it, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. right. Yeah, Kevin, how do you, yeah, how do you feel? No, I, I exactly. I mean, I we just have these images paused with him like looking at you know. Uh, 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 the, the monolith. Si- yeah, exactly. The monolith and like, the apocrypha of the Dead Sea Scrolls has moved on to the Book of Law. And like, <laughs> I mean, my favorite line because none of that makes any sense at all. <laughs> but like, then we follow it up right thereafter, you know. And you're exactly right, Ben. I think the fact that he's referring that that Kaoru is referring to seeing Shinji again, like, oh, you haven't changed Shinji. Right. You know, it's just like, I mean, come that's on. the most damning <laughs> evidence for sure. Because if you, I mean, I, I do think, and that's so. If if it, but yeah, just to say, if you, if you watched this, if this was your first Evangelion experience, like if you watched this movie first without seeing anything or knowing anything, uh, and you want to, I would us a little bite you in the parking lot, testimonial I or would, something, you yeah, know, I would throw down. Wait, uh, say it again. I would fight them if You'd, they oh, watched this oh, first. Oh, oh, just because how, they're doing it wrong. How dare you do it incorrectly? Your Look, media consumption is don't let Luke discourage you. Tell us, tell us what you thought of it <laughs> if you feel like it. You know, if you no, whatever. don't admit it. D- be you ashamed. You can anonymously do it. Send it. I won't let. I won't. You we'd know, like to. Luke I think we, it'd be, we'd like to know what. <laughs> I'm fascinated. Yeah, do what like, you want. Like, hey, it's listen. a really curious thing how people interpret this, like for the first time seeing it. Especially know? this shit. There, there is a. There's a lot of people. <laughs> so, like, there are a lot of people online that ask. Like, if you Google this shit, it's yeah. it's very quickly like. Can I just watch the rebuild movies? Of course, like yeah. you know, it's do, do I need to see it? The other ones, like blah blah blah. Like lots of people are trying to to do that, which you know I get it. Valid question. But they're not available. They're not on streaming anywhere, right? Or they're on like uh, they were free on YouTube, but it might have only been in Japan. But during the pandemic, like as a as sort of a encouragement to stay at home. Oh like, really? We put all the movies on YouTube oh, for that's free. Cool. Um. Yeah, there's other stuff to talk about. Netflix with those didn't two. Netflix didn't license these. No. Yet or whatever. No. 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 Know? Uh, I, I don't know if they're streaming on Funimation or not. This is a, it's a Funimation release, but G Kids bought the yes. Well, G Kids bought the other ones though. G Kids bought the rights to oh, the shows in End of Evangelion. That's what. Yeah. I don't so, know if they have, or if anybody has bought, you know, the the fourth movie three point oh hmm. one plus one point oh thrice upon a time. Well, we'll I will to, say I don't like. I I kind of hope it doesn't do the reset thing. At this point, I think I'm convinced that it very well could be that. But it just seems, I don't know. Oh, you're saying you don't want the fourth movie to make it well, super clear. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I just fine with it. I just feel like there's it's been done. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, when there's a movie that has a oh, so and so was a ghost the whole time. It's sort of like, yeah, there was a very famous movie that did that. Um 
a cyclical narrative isn't as I mean, and that's the problem with, I guess, maybe starting this in 2007 and not finishing it until 2021 <laughs> is yeah. that the idea of a, of a narrative that repeats itself is sort of like, eh, it's not as fresh as it once was. That's not yeah. as, again, like I just fucking very first thing I ever wrote was a cyclical narrative, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh my God, it's so fucking smart. The cyclical <laughs> narrative that I wrote, you know, and, and it's just. It's a little bit like a, and it was all a dream. Like I don't know. It feels like a weird cop out. Yeah, it's it's a it's become a tradition. It's something of a traditional way to to sort of do a big crazy mind fuck. Thing. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a mind fuck in a way that I think Evangelion is kind of better than. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they did do it, and 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 if there was some way to like, yeah, that's what it is. And now that means like, and they like blow it out in a crazy conceptual sure. way. You know, like I don't yeah. think that it's gonna be the big like. And surprise, it was all repeated. I mean, clearly not. Clearly there's you know. already, with the three movies, enough stuff to where it's like, it ain't that simple. And it is it is mind-blowing yeah. in all these other ways. So it's not like all the weight. It's not It's not like certain movies like the others, where everything <laughs> is <laughs> just built to make the punchline work. And a second viewing is either boring because you know the punchline and all we're watching is set up, or frustrating because there's stuff that's like, well, wait a minute, how does that... How's that operate? That doesn't make any sense given the punchline mm-hmm. that I know, uh, and that's not, we're not falling into that trap because there no. is so much. It's not like it's all just reliant upon. Whoa! Thank God you didn't know that. Like if we all figured it out ahead of time, it's not like there's nothing to watch. At oh, this I mean, it's, point. it's almost it's exclusively still, not that. Because, how the fuck are we gonna get there? And what does that mean? Well, as we just said, I mean, we we all the three of us couldn't be more familiar with this narrative, and in despite the thing that you prefaced, you know, at the very beginning of just sort of being like a little bit frustrated that it is just a retelling. Even then, it's incredibly entertaining because they're adding so much cool shit to it, yeah. and it's like even if all that was cool about it was just seeing all those extra like transitions of like trains and machinery and stuff. Like, even if it was just those like insert shots of like various technology yeah. mechanical things moving that alone would be sort of like awesome and especially if we'd been able to see it in the theater when it came out like i do think that that's yeah you know another component of it so mm-hmm. like you know so, they're already making it worth your time beyond that twist as a reveal right. if it's gonna be that right. but you know all right well let's talk about all that cool shit and the cool differences and additions okay maybe next time okay so if I did, if everyone I hates it, me now, it's just, there's, there are fans that are just like, no, I don't want the episode to be over for the week. Why bad. is Luke fucking making it? <laughs> why is he being so cheap? Because this is what Luke's like in Sync Ratios After Dark. It's like the you know, I'm the dad. It's like guys, it's time <laughs> we gotta wrap this up. This has gone on too long. We gotta have we gotta save some for next week. Yeah, just pausing in the middle of the movie. You kids go to bed now. <laughs> right. Fuck just, you, dad. <laughs> I'm not at a save yet. I it's time for bed. I gave you 15 minutes. Pull, I'm pulling the plug. You better be ready. But the, no, okay. Oh, and it's just, time for dad to play dead or alive beach volleyball. <laughs> go to sleep. Fuck this Zelda bullshit. You kids get turn bed. off Breath of the Wild. I've got adult games. Time for to play. Breath of the Wild. It really is after dark. And uh, <laughs> well, I if if I did if unless I had some ridiculous problem with editing uh at some point either at the beginning or at the end you will have heard uh oh yeah uh, the voice of academy award-winning writer producer director actor uh chris miller mm-hmm. i believe um uh, uh giving as the- jfk from clone high <laughs> yes in character as jfk from clone high uh uh you know doing a tag for the show um 
which is awesome and cool and was a surprise uh, from one of our, our friends, one of our friends of the show. Yeah, Michael Rookard uh, very kindly <laughs> used his his uh, gift from Chris yeah. Miller. Uh, he he could he would record a message and and Michael had him record one for us and for our show, which was an incredible surprise to get on a Saturday for just out of nowhere. Yeah, and I had to listen to it a couple of times to make sure. So uh, that will be playing. Uh, yeah, let's throw that throw that on the show here and there. And listen, yeah. hey, if anybody else has celebrity friends yeah. that you want to yeah. get to uh, to do a tag for the show, by all means, yeah, by all means, anyone. Uh, but Even yeah, just th- if you so, want to do a bad celebrity impersonation, we might still play it. Yeah. <laughs> Bust out your best Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken as Gindo. Uh. <laughs> oh, no. Now we're going <laughs> to... No, at least one person's going to do it. And I'm going to yeah. feel bad. Yeah, go for it. I'm not going to do it. I mean, uh, I'll do it later probably, but uh, we'll yeah. see how loopy we get in the After Dark episodes. Yeah. But, so we'll call, it a, we'll call it a show for this week. And and so we'll return next time to finish up talking about Evangelion 1.11. You are not alone. Yeah. And so yeah, don't you don't have to watch 2.0 yet. No, no, yeah, hold off on that. And we may do other stuff in between. We're figuring this out, guys. Yeah. It's very improvisational year. But Kevin, thank you for uh for for having us over. <laughs> I'm along and, for uh, the ride, guys. Yeah. This is this is I'm very excited to watch all of these with you guys. Yeah. So, okay. Have a yeah, good week, we'll everybody. Come back next time. Bye. Stay safe out there. Bye, guys.